if it's not the whole, not, I don't want to say the whole pie, but like if all of the people surrounding that university aren't going to be under that same kind of restriction or code, then it doesn't really matter because they're going to interact with the public regardless. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing why or why not college. So if you've been wondering whether you should do it, whether you should not do it, this is the podcast for you. Let's jump right in. I think the the value proposition that universities present has kind of been steadily decreasing, right? Where it's like you have a lot more students that are graduating, so you have a market filled with, you know, loads of people with master's degrees, loads of people with bachelor's degrees. Um, you kind of have you know, universities and curriculum not necessarily keeping up with the latest technology and trends. So for example, if you were to study computer science, you know, the, the languages, you know, that you're learning in the classroom might not be the ones that are actually being used in, you know, the real world, so to speak. And right. you might have to go relearn those languages or, or learn new ones to, to stay up to date with the trends because technology is just changing so rapidly. And I think, you know, also, you know, I don't think history is going to change as rapidly over there in that respect, but there's also, you know, different lenses, ways of looking at the world. So I kind of want to get into the conversation of what do you think is the value of a college education? It uh, really depends. Um, like, I'm not here to shame any degree. Like, I believe an art degree has value regardless of what someone's parents might tell them. Like, look at your smartphone. An engineer did not design that. You know, if you look at, I don't know, half the things that you use, that was not an engineer. That was a designer, right? And we all take that kind of for granted. Um, but it really depends if your field needs it, requires it, or favors it. If they favor it, if they require it, then yes. If they're like, we will not consider you without this degree, then yes. If they're like, it's not needed but preferred, I would try to get into it first uh, by not doing so. Okay, so you would just try to shoot for whatever it is first without necessarily going the more, more expensive, right. heavily investment route. Right, because for me, I can't give a blanket statement to everybody. Everyone's needs and wants are different. I would look into that field and seeing what the bare minimum requirements are and being like, okay, can I get in with just that? If not, okay, maybe I'll invest in an education. But before you invest in the education, make sure that it's something that you really want to do because education is uh, frankly not cheap. Mm -hmm. So I know like in other, other parts of the world, right? Um, you know, education comes at a much lower, more affordable cost. It's free in like other countries. Um, and granted, Very you know, jealous. some of them have their own issues within education and, and their systems over there. Um, but kind of what are the, the circumstances or what would you say are the circumstances that would encourage people not to go to university? So as they're thinking through this, right? So let's say they've identified a field that they're interested in they've gone, they've done the research, they're like, okay, 50-50 on the fence. Like, what would be the key determining factors for university outside of the actual, like, I, I kind of want to say, like, degree that you would get, or the, the piece of paper, you know what I mean? 
um, I would look and see if that field is growing or shrinking. If it's shrinking, I would hesitate. If it's growing, then go for it. Okay. But like growing at like a reasonably large rate where they're not going to be as selective with candidates. Like say you miss one or two of their preferred qualifications. They're like, all right, that's fine. We can just teach you that. Instead of like, nah, we need these people to have the preferred qualifications. So like the more it's growing, the more need there is going to be, the more relaxed employers are going to have to be to fill those roles. If it's like oversaturated, it's going to be super, super competitive. And it's like, well, how do you stand out? And if your answer is, I don't know, well, then you're going to have a hard time like me trying to find something. Because biology is extraordinarily competitive. It's oversaturated. Oh, yeah. No, I was reading um, or I was talking with somebody, I can't remember. And they're like, you know, because of all these like CIS shows or CSI shows where they're like, you know, investigate the crimes. They have like so many forensic like anthropologists or whatever that there's like not enough space in the or not enough jobs in the market. So you have kind of an oversaturation over there. But I guess kind of, you know, when people are starting out, right, like, I feel like, where would you even go to find that information? You know what I mean? Is it something where it's like... Careercruising.com, actually. That's what we used in Delhi. It's called career cruising. You have someone that has like a day in the life of this job, or is it career cruising too, or something like that? It's one of the two, unless they've updated it. It tells you a day in the life from a person, what you are going to make, what qualifications these industries want. And is it growing? Is it shrinking? Or is it stagnating over the past five years? And what is it projected to be? You know, we've kind of been talking a bit about, you know, four-year universities or degrees. But I feel like one university that often gets overlooked is like trade schools and apprenticeships. And I don't know if you had any insights into that. Uh, Trades, uh, there's nothing wrong with trades, honestly. And when I talk with my older sister, if we were to go back, we'd probably do trade. Um, Like, I like working with my hands. I like building things. I like fixing things. If you think about it, mechanics, always in need. If you think about, you know, we need someone to build or make something like welding, electricians, plumbers, all that stuff is always going to be in need. There's never like, well, you know what? People aren't buying welding services anymore it's like well no people need to make cars bikes anything with metal it's needed and there's certain things that machines just can't do with fine detail that a human can same thing with you know an electrician you know it's not like well people just aren't having electrical issues anymore (laughs) you know people in apartments and houses are always going to have that same with your car unless you want to work on your own Chances are, I mean, if you do, great. But if not, you're like, just hand person the keys. Like, yeah, it's making this noise. Just can you just fix it? Or yeah, it just needs an oil change. It's cheap enough for me to hand it to you to do it. And people are going to do it. It's not like the clothing business where people are like, you know what? I really don't need that shirt. Or I don't need that one particular product. Those are services that are always going to be in demand and in need. So I think trade schools are a great option especially when you consider how much trades make. I mean, if you can get out of trade school making $80,000 a year and you're okay with getting dirty, working with your hands, building stuff, fixing stuff, 
I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. No, it's funny. One of my friends, he's uh, super involved in like the trades, went to like technical schools and programs. And um, we were just talking, you know, a few days ago during the during the pandemic. And he's like, dude, the amount of like recruiters that I've had reach out to me because of my background in trade and mechanics and all this stuff you know, I'm actually getting quite a few offers. He's like, he's like, this is a great time to be in the trades. Like, so like it really even, is. Yeah. No one's going. And yes. it's in such high demand. So that everyone's going to be like, you know what? We need you. We need you. And how are you going to win somebody over money? So we're like, we're going to pay you more than this other. Oh, someone offered you for something for 90,000 here. We're throwing a hundred K at you. Oh, someone else is going to do 110. We'll do 120. We need you. We need you. How much money you want? No, definitely. And I think kind of um, one other thing is like, I'm kind of curious to discuss. So I was like reading this debate kind of like on why college or why not college. And this isn't something that's like new to like this century, right? It's something that's been going on for some time. And, um, you know, there's a conversation. uh, I think there's like two different opinions that I was reading so one was like Albert Einstein's opinion where it's like hey you know the purpose of an education isn't necessarily like the learning of facts but rather the training of the mind to think right right and so I kind of wanted to hear hear your thoughts on that quote in that statement what was the statement again so it's basically that um an education and I'm paraphrasing uh, I should probably actually just go pull up the actual quote, but I'm just going to paraphrase from memory for now. Um, but it's basically like the purpose of a college education isn't necessarily the learning of facts, but rather the training of the mind to think. I mean, absolutely. So uh, take organic chemistry, for example. My professor is like, listen, most of you are going to fail and it's not your fault. It's the education system that you were brought up on because in like no offense to anybody in, in history, I'm sure there's someone that does anal- actually analyze history, but like something like that, it's all memorization, you know, whereas in Orgo, you cannot memorize. It's not how that works. You have to apply what you know and solve problems and people just are not trained to do that. They're like, but, but, but. I was, you know, you just use an acyl chloride, right? And it's like, no, you can't do that with this reaction. So like you you have to actually think critically and solve. And that's why on the uh, first exam out of 650 students, uh, guess what the class averaged? If you had to guess a number, Um, percentage of 100%. Ah, lower. 54. Lower. 37. Lower. 21. Lower. 15. 17. Okay. 650 students averaged a 17%. Each exam was 250 points. So you legit got maybe a couple of things right. And she was like, this is not your fault. It's your education system. And like, it was a learning curve. People had to think, okay, I know about an acyl chloride. I know about this kind of reaction. I know that this is a nucleophile attack of N1. There's also N2, but where do I utilize these? You have to actually think 
and then apply them and solve it. You know, there's no memorizing and spitting back. There's no multiple choice. You have to draw everything out. And if you forget a single bond, double bond, or triple bond, or a hydrogen for that matter, it's a different molecule. Or if you have it ro- the exact molecule but rotating the wrong way, you get it wrong. Okay, so so I pulled up the the quote, and and I think it kind of relates um, to what you're saying. So it's a, it, the the full quote is: "It is not so very important for a person to learn facts. Uh, for that, he does not really need a college. Uh, he can learn them from books." The value of an education in a liberal arts college is not the learning of many facts, but the training of the mind to think something that cannot be learned from textbooks. And I think kind of what what you're highlighting with that um, example over there is, you know, something that you'd have to like train your mind to think about where you might not necessarily be able to read or derive, you know, that equation directly from a textbook. But I think that with technology moving so rapidly, right, like, you know, all these things that you're now kind of attributing to your memory, you can now kind of offload to technology, right? So it's like, how well can you use these different models and formulas for organic chemistry? Obviously, you'd need to know how everything works, right? So I feel like that right, component... It's not just about knowing how it works. It's understanding it to solve problems. Because like, even if you're trying to make these softwares, there's always going to be someone that needs to make it and understand and problem solve, whether that's with code or the concept or even both. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of just where our education system does kind of fail us. We're just used to bubbling in an answer and then you don't remember it. Mm -hmm. Like I also had one, my, another professor for animal behavior, there were no exams and that threw everybody off. She was like, you don't learn anything from an exam. What I want you to do is a 20-page research paper and presentation on a behavior. And you have to have X amount of sources. But like, and I still remember everything that I did for that. Like, because the other thing that's nice about a paper is you're giving the student the chance to argue a point. Not, well, that one they circled is half right, but it's not totally right, so you get no credit. It's well, given all these credible sources from these journals that are allowed to be used for this research, I can argue my point here. Even if it's not like, say it's not totally, totally right. I mean, you have enough credible sources to back up what you're saying. So then it's like, I can't say that you're wrong based on the evidence you have provided. That's different that not only teaches someone to get involved in that topic to become more knowledgeable and to understand it, but you give them room to argue, to back up what they're saying. And that way it's like, well, I can at least give you partial credit or no, you misinterpreted that source, but you know, you have all these sources saying this one thing. No, I I completely agree. It kind of reminds me of, um, this quote by like Thomas Edison, who is talking about how like our schools are not teaching students to think, you know what I mean? And he's saying, you know, it's astonishing, like how many young people have difficulty putting their brains, putting in putting their brains to work, you know, definitively and systematically. So I think there's like this whole thing where, you know, teaching that methodology, so to speak, of how to approach problems is something that is not necessarily being 
conveyed in the the current education system you know what I mean it's kind of a lot more regurgitation versus like invention and reflection if that makes sense yes and so I guess what advice would you would you give to students you know what I mean like how would you even know that what your program is geared toward before even going in right so it's going to sound weird um but like you know those math problems you did when it, it was either elementary or um, high school, college, and like everyone hated the word problems of math? Start doing those because what it's going to teach you is, one, you, that you should probably brush up on your math. <laughs> but secondly, like, you know how they used to give you like information that had nothing to do with the problem at hand? It's going to teach you to sift through the information on college websites. Okay, here's what I need to know. And okay, you're telling me all this. I don't care about X and Y and Z. I just care about this one thing. Where is it? It teaches you how to look and sift through information and to problem solve. That way, when you get to this, you're like, okay, I know how to go about studying. Because studying is not just reading a book or reading your notes. It's applying that knowledge. So that would be my advice is problem solve first, get used to word problems, finding extraneous information that you don't need in those and just learning to drown that out. And that allows you to focus on what you need. That way, when you look at a problem on an exam or just in life, you're not overwhelmed by all the sensory information or all the words in, or the information in that problem. You're like, okay, I just need X and Y and Z, a bit of information. It's in there. Okay, boom. Now I'm solving it. Here's my answer. On to the next. No, that makes sense. So, so you're talking about like the common core curriculum, right? No, not at all. Uh, I'm just talking about like basic problem solving. Like say... Um, I'm going to give a really terrible example that's not going to ha probably have a real answer, but like say it's like, oh, Johnny has two apples and three oranges and he eats one apple. How many apples does he have left? Don't pay attention to the oranges. It's not relevant to that problem. The oranges mean nothing. It's just in there. So you'll be able to teach yourself to sort through all the fluff and things that aren't necessary. So kind of how to sort through the different noise uh, of elements. Yes. Because that's going to be your a key in college is, right? Okay, this chapter is 56 pages. Uh, you're not going to be reading all 56 pages, right? Okay. like Or if your professor's like, I want you to focus on X and Y and Z topic, just read those. Or if like you feel like you're starting to reread the same information, look it up on notes. Look it up on the internet. Like Try to get it summarized. But like... Only focus on what you're going to get tested on. Like if there's a whole 30 pages to something that they're not going to cover, don't read it. But I feel like that kind of goes against kind of the principle then, right? Because it's like, would you just want to read it just because it's on the test? Or would you want to read it just to know it? You know what I mean? Or like to derive some level of knowledge from it. So I feel like there's I mean, kind of like two things, right? There's like the learning for learning's sake versus like the learning for testing's sake. Do the learning for learning's sake on your own time, just because when you're talking about grades, you're taking five, six classes, like in your spare time, read the other stuff if you want to get more knowledge on it. 
but like if it's not something you're getting tested on you're gonna drown you're gonna like stress yourself out with all this info like you just want to focus on what's important for that time but retain it and go back to it but i mean what's the purpose of retaining that information if you're not going to use it later in life you know what i mean so you're like later in a job like maybe this one class doesn't want to focus on it but your future job might like say it's molecular biology right and they're like okay we want you to go through all the cell phases but don't pay attention to what the nucleus does or the mitochondria does i mean you're going to want to know what those do in a job and just in general but if they're like the test is just on the phases then just study the phases and when that's done and you have time go back and read the other stuff because if you're trying to read everything for five to six classes that's just going to be overwhelming that's just too much to digest all at once so would you then say that's a problem more with like how education is taught versus yes okay okay that i can agree with then right because i think that you know to actually learn and solidify concepts and new ideas and like have an informed opinion on something you need time to like really read reflect and like digest you know what i mean and like make connections to stuff and discuss ideas with people um i feel like kind of the the current lecture-based model isn't necessarily conducive to how people actually learn and retain concepts though for some people it works really well I mean, you're not wrong. There's just so much things that need fixing is the TLDR. So I guess kind of given like the amount of stuff that needs fixing, right? And kind of, you know, because I think like one thing that we didn't necessarily, I mean, we started to touch on it a bit was within this whole like why or, or why not college, right? There's this whole careers component that's like missing, right? Where it's like, sometimes universities or professors may be focused on topics, whereas like the actual industries that are at the forefront are like well beyond that, right? So how do you kind of bridge these knowledge gaps and kind of how do you transition maybe knowledge from other fields or, or areas of studies into whatever you're doing career-wise, right? And I think that that's like another kind of difficult, <laughs> difficult question really is like, how do you bridge the two in a meaningful way? Or is it even worth bridging? Or is it something it that- It takes time, straight up. It, the best thing is time, do it slowly, and do it because you want to. Like, if you are going to hate it and dread it, it's just going to make things worse. But the way to bridge it is it's just, it's not something that can be done overnight, in a week, in a month. It's going to take time and you're going to have to have that patience. So is it is it time for like the students to consider it or is it time for like the universities or like academia and like industry to change? I think it's everybody involved. Everybody. The sooner more people realize that, the better. And it's going to have to start from the top, but also from the bottom. Everyone just kind of needs to acknowledge and realize that. And I mean, I think I think you're starting to, to see that, especially with like COVID, right, where you know, it's, I think it's amplifying this transition where, in my opinion, like, you know, your traditional universities are kind of now looking in the mirror and realizing they're not necessarily the sexiest option on the market, right? You have all these different coding boot camps coming out, you've got, you know, different forms of knowledge and education, different like mentorship programs. 
Um, I feel like, you know, different apprenticeships are starting to like be more widely adopted and accepted in trade school. So I think there's like, you know what I mean? I, th- I think there's a whole spectrum of, of opportunities that are making themselves more present right now that students should, you know, seriously consider as alternatives to a four-year degree. Um, I was chatting with somebody the other day and we were talking about like um, university actually. And one thing that they said was it's like, you know, people will go 30K into debt to go to university. Why don't they just go 30K into debt to like start a business, right? Um, and granted, uh, I'm, I'm totally on the entrepreneurship train. So I'm like, yeah, like uh, do that instead. Strong would not recommend doing the latter. Why? Because I think that's a way better option. Right. But you're assuming that they know how to run a business to do the taxes on it, calculate payroll. So like, just because like, I'll use coffee as an example here. All right. Let's say we both love coffee and we want to make a coffee shop. I mean, well, now we have to find a place to roast it, invest in that equipment, assume that people are going to want to buy it. There's going to be a lot of competition that you have to kind of do a SWOT analysis on, like, where do they source theirs? What kind of roasts do they do? You know, what's their revenue? What's their outreach, right? What are you competing against? But I mean, you can learn that stuff as you go. To help you run it. You can that learn that sounds like stuff. an expensive way to run yourself into some really scary debt. Like I would only advise doing that if you really know what you're doing. Well, I mean, like think of it this way, right? You spend 30K potentially in debt over four years, right? How much can you learn on your own in four years from experience, right? So like granted, you'll make mistakes, but, you know, and everyone makes mistakes. I mean, you, that's why you try to get like people who've been there and done that to, to advise you, right? Or like, right. But bankruptcy is something that will affect you for a decade if you have to file for it. I, I disagree. I mean, I think there's like definitely more risk involved there, but I think that it's not, it's not rocket science, right? Like you're not, you know, the, the level well, of risk no, is there right. and it's like, okay, with the university degree or, or college degree, right? You're dead. You can't default on that. You can default on a business loan debt, like 30 K is like. Yes. You know my, I mean? my only thing is like, so what I would probably do, like, before you even launch the business, do your homework, you know, don't just launch it to launch it. Cause you have this great idea. Like there's a reason why I didn't start my photography business. I started investing more in education on like, you know, getting better at it, but also how to run a business. And it's like, there's so many things that I didn't know that like, man, if I did just jumped in, it would have been bad news. So like, it's not like you didn't have the, ability or capacity to go find that information right so i think you're finding information as you need and on the go versus so like even if i want to end up doing that eventually what i'm doing is a much safer move i'm still working my day job full time well i got two jobs now but working those in my spare time i'm learning practicing that way when I know that I have a product that can compete with my competitors where I'm better regardless of price point, even if I have to end up charging more for my service, that 
I've got the superior product at the end of the day, the superior service, and that I know that it's going to work. That's when I can say, all right, uh, here are my keys. I'm launching my own business, but I appreciate all the knowledge that you've given me over this time and all the opportunities. And then I've got reserves built up just in case something doesn't go as planned where I'm like, okay, I could still keep this business afloat. No, I mean, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, no, I think that that's definitely that you have the superior product or service first. If not, how do you get that? And then see what it costs you to launch it. How much you want to get paid per year? How many people do you need? How much are they getting paid? How are they getting paid? How are you doing the taxes on all of your income? Like, because what are you going to charge for your product or services? Because at the end of the day, you need to turn a profit. Otherwise, your doors aren't going to remain open. So like before you even launch your business, you need to have all of that figured out. I don't think your average person is going to think about that. But I'm saying it's not that difficult to go pick up a book on Right, but I would pick up a book before starting it. I wouldn't start it and then pick the pick the book up. No, see, I would assume both would be done like simultaneously. You know what I mean? Where you're you're kind of like learning as you go. You know what I mean? I think like just being like, "Hey, I got this great idea. Let me go get like a hundred k into debt to go Uh. open a restaurant." Right? I I don't think like that's a good idea. I think that, but I do think that like researching a bit, learning a bit more about it. Right. So instead of doing like a four years at university you spent maybe like an intense six weeks just reading about whatever about the industry about whatever you're curious about doing learning about you know the business aspects like your sales your marketing like having some sort of an idea there which which can all be done in six weeks you can develop a plan in six weeks right and And the, the idea but like the key there is having a plan but like, I think you should have that plan in place before you even start, because like one thing that you could end up finding out, which a couple of my friends had found out trying to launch maybe a business is like, maybe they, they enjoy the product, but they don't want that to be their full-time job or like the business side of it. They hate it. They don't want to be a part of that, but you need to have the business side of it to, you know, have it run like say for photography that you just enjoy taking pictures. Well, it's 90% business and 10% taking pictures. Are you okay with that? Are you not okay with that? And like going into it, they know, you know what, after doing my research on how to start it, that's more work than I honestly want to put in. I'm not going to do it. And then you save yourself from taking out that loan or having default on all that debt. Cause if they take out that loan and then decide, you know what, this isn't for me, it's not going to be good. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like people also do that with four-year degrees, right? So I'm saying the the same principle of planning should be kind of, I, I think, more ubiquitous, right? Where it's more applied for both. You know what I mean? Where I know several people who've gone through like university and like have regrets about the amount of debt they're in, what they studied, what they did for like four years, right? So it's like, how can you kind of, I mean, minimize those regrets granted I think like everyone should make some mistakes in life so like maybe not like too crazy of mistakes but you know like well I would consider um starting a business without any knowledge of how to or the product or service or how you're going to get out with or even without having that product or service showing that it's going to be effective would be a very bad mistake (laughs) but I I think it 
I think it also depends on like what you're selling, right? So I think it's like it it varies drastically. Well, I I suppose, but like you should regardless at the end of the day make sure that your product or service is superior to any of your competitors because they could be like you know your potential clients could be like well we already work with this person um even though you might charge less um we kind of like their product or service more or like you're not as well established we're not comfortable hiring you or working with you like make sure that you're already got some traction going would be my recommendation. Like for my photography, I'll just like take pictures of products that I like, send it to the companies and sometimes they'll use it. And then they're like, Hey, you know, well, if you want, like next time we do this release, do you want to work with us? You know, that'd be a great way of getting a paid job without launching it like full time. Like I've just been honest with some of them. Like I'm a hobbyist. I kind of did this for fun, but I pride myself in having commercial grade results. Um, so like, you know, I'd be happy to work with you, but like, it would just be like a fun thing for me. And if you want to pay me like, sure, but I'm not going to require it or demand it. That way I can kind of get like my foot in the door and then, you know, now I've got something where I might have well, or sorry, I might not have otherwise. If that makes any sense. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, like with the approach you're taking. Um, I think there's like the level of risk people are willing to take. I think that, you know, kind of some of these ideas can also be applied to like universities and like why right. why not college you know what i mean where it's like always calculate your risks know what you're getting yourself into i think that's what i've kind of been alluding to the whole time mm -hmm. is know what you want how are you getting there you know how to sift through the information that you need slash don't need that way you can make an informed decision i wouldn't just go to college to go to college just like i wouldn't start a business to start a business because you have the idea of what you want to do or what you want to start i would have that well researched before you do it it written either regard okay and i guess because you can save yourself from going you know what this isn't for me mm -hmm. wow i'm so glad i didn't spend 30 to forty thousand dollars or more on the loan for either you know and then based off that you can do more research into something that you think you'd actually want to do and then if you do find that you want to end up going either route then go and do it you've done your homework and that you can be confident that it'll either work most likely work or if it doesn't that you're okay with that that you've got a game plan and, and i think it's also important to remember that even if you go through with something and it doesn't work out that's fine yes. you know what i mean like you just Granted. need to be okay with that like i i knew going into biology i love biology i'm very good at biology but i knew it was cutthroat and that's why I'm still not in that field. But I, uh, you know, as tiring as it can be, I'm okay that I have the education that I do. I knew what I was getting myself into. I had researched it, I'd calculated it, and I was okay with, you know, it could be years before I land something. Because there's nothing worse than either you launching that business in a very like cutthroat business and it not working out 
and you not being okay with that, you had everything riding on that business. And now that that didn't work, you're like, well, what do I do now? Same thing with that education. Have it researched and be okay with your possible outcomes, I think would be your best bet. I'm very much a fan of having every single risk you have. Calculate it, weigh it out. Are you okay with outcome A, outcome B, or outcome C? Because you need to be. Like, I am not comfortable with, like, if I were to make my photography business, would not be comfortable with it failing. Uh, That's not an option for me. So I need to make sure that I've got the viable product and service before I even get there. Because I'm not just going to launch something to launch something. I want to make sure that, no, my competition, yeah, they have okay stuff, but my stuff is better. There's more thought into my photographs. There's more, my edits are cleaner or whatever. It's more of what these people are looking for. I have an edge of some sort because in a business, you will need that. Or in the job market, you will need that. How do you get that edge? You got to research it. No, definitely. And I think there's also like multiple ways of going about and achieving your goals. So maybe you're thinking, okay, college seems like a good next step for me. Um, You can kind of look into the different options that you would have available to you, the different costs of it, the different jobs, careers, whatever. Uh, Maybe college isn't for you, right? And then you can start to look into some of these alternatives, right? So we kind of brought up um, a business is one idea, right? So you could like look into the risks of that. You could look into the potential returns of that. You can look into the timelines because I think timing is one factor that uh, we often forget about in the analysis and also just like your quality of life, right? Like if you have to go to college and you're working multiple jobs, I mean, it's going to take away from your experience. Um, and part of the value- You to get by, like I couldn't, afford college without working two jobs you know it was physically not financially possible even with the financial aid that i had gotten no i mean you gotta do just what you gotta do no i i agree with that but i also think that you know one thing that probably would have been been helpful and i mean obviously everyone's circumstance is completely different is you know like getting actual experience or like internships in those areas and i mean granted we live in a society that loves free labor and like loves unpaid interns for whatever reason, even though it's like totally. <laughs> because capitalism, because then the people can make money off your free labor. Yeah. Which is totally messed up. But I mean like that whole idea of like, you know, like the catch 22 of like, you need experience to get experience or you. Yeah. It's like, you know, that. that, that whole... biology right there. You're <laughs> like, we want a bachelor's degree and six years experience. And you're like, well, how do I get that experience if everyone's requiring that? Exactly. So also kind of figuring out, you know, how you can get your foot in that door of wherever you're trying to get to um, is is another thought. But I also think that there's a lot of like benefits in terms of like thinking, in terms of like the people that you meet. Um, So like maybe, you know, as you're thinking about college, you're like, hey, I want to build up, you know, a lot of networks, you know, one of the reasons why I chose business school was because it's like, hey, I want to meet like my future business partner there, right? Like somebody who like thinks like similar to me, who has similar visions for what we want to see in the world. And, you know, when we can, you know, build a company together. And so like it ended up working out where a few people that I met in 
my university actually shared those similar ideas and beliefs and we're looking for the same thing. So now it's like, okay, cool, let's go like start something together, right? So like, that's not really necessarily something that we're learning in university, but it's byproduct of being in that environment. And so what are other byproducts of being in that environment that you may need to be successful in your career is, is something I'd like to kind of plant the seed of in the back of your mind. And then maybe if it's like, hey, college isn't the way, how can you still build those networks and those connections to help you either get your foot in the door or get, you know, whatever ideas you have off the ground? Networking, (laughs) whether that's LinkedIn or contacting a company directly, like be like, hey, I want to kind of gain some experience in this field. Can I intern with you, you know, or whatever? Can I do this? Can I do that? If not, you know, anyone that needs this kind of help or someone that's willing to learn but doesn't have the experience. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's I actually wrote like an article on how to network. So maybe I'll probably uh, at some point get that posted up to the advice blog. And um, I mean, I hope this was helpful for all you listeners out there. I know we kind of end up getting into some of our debates (laughs) about things. Lewis and I tend to have differing perspectives, which I love. Because I think that you need that that balance, and you we know, we just the... argue like an old married couple. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong, um, but we're not an old married couple. <laughs> we're just two homies, and um, yeah, thank no. God. What? <laughs> I'm just being mean. I said thank God. Oh, oh well, it's okay. Um, yeah. So we hope you know that you guys got some useful information or nuggets um, out of that. I know those are a few things that maybe, you know. Chicken nuggies, like Baby Yoda. Oh, my God. (laughs) That'd be great. We hope you, yeah. But maybe that can be a topic for the next episode. How to network? Yeah. Like, because networking can be intimidating if you're an introvert. You know what? I think we just spun the next episode. Done. I I can do that. Come back next time for that. And then uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share. I always forget to do the plugs at the end of each episode. So I'm glad like you're here to do that. Cause I think the past few podcasts I've recorded zero plugs. It's just like, here's the content. Listen to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like a Glade plug in, plug it in, plug it in. We got a plug. So yeah. Don't forget to subscribe. So you get notified when we upload some more of this uh, debate, if you will. And uh, we'll see you all in the next one. <laughs>